episode of The Review. This episode is Jay and Adam here discussing the Quest 2 exclusive update, Space Pirate Arena. In this show, we're going to play one VR game and discuss that game to its fullest, telling you the best and worst of the tile, and at the very end, we're going to tell you if we recommend it or not. So, Jay, we both had a chance to try out Space Pirate Arena. Uh, This is an update to the game Space Pirate Trainer. How about you tell our listeners a little bit maybe about the original game and about this arena mode? Well, definitely. So Space Pirate Trainer, a lot of you probably remember that from the original days of VR. It was a very early game. It was one of many wave-based shooters back then, but it was a good one. It stood out. You were standing on this floating disc in space. You were using physical movements of your body to dodge, duck, left and right. You had a shield in one hand, a gun in the other, and all kinds of robot drones were flying over you, trying to shoot you, kill you. And this is on everything. It's on PSVR, PC, Quest. Well, now this is one of the granddaddy VR games. This this is like the classic OG wave based shooter back in the early days of VR. Yeah, it came to everything. But now there's this new update. They're calling it Space Pirate Arena that is only coming to the Quest version. And why is that, Adam? Well, you see, Arena is very different than your typical VR shooter. Uh, Normally, when you walk around, you push forward on the analog sticks and you move around in your virtual space. That's not what Arena is trying to do. The Arena mode requires a full 32 by 32 foot play area, which is enormously big for most people, but they require it because if you see something in Space Pirate Arena, if you want to go over there, you physically walk over there in real life. And so it requires a huge play area, but honestly, that sets it apart uh, in a lot of ways from other shooters out there. Yeah, um, I feel but like you we, need to. Is, what was that? I feel like we should briefly touch on one thing about that that is really tricky. Uh, when you think about what is 32 feet by 32 feet, most two car garages in a house are smaller than 25 feet by 25 feet. So the biggest place in your house that might be empty is probably not big enough for this. Honestly, when I set it up, I had to do it out on my front lawn. and so i'm out there just with uh with a oculus quest on and waving around controls for all my neighbors to see (laughs) so your whole neighborhood was watching you do this my whole neighborhood is watching me uh flounder around in my vr gear right on my front yard uh but honestly it's really fun because the type of game yes i don't know i'd never play with other players but you run to one of those and it revives you but you're trying to really use your cover, hold your shield up because you're shooting these bots and they had decent AI for bots. I thought when I would shoot like with a suppressing fire, they would stay undercover. You know, they wouldn't just pop their heads out and sh- and let me shoot them. They would wait for me to stop shooting and then they would come back out and fire. And as you shot more of them and took more of them down, your threat level went up. And so they got stronger. They got better. They got shields on the sides of them. So you could only hit certain parts. It was much more punishing than I imagined it would be. I know. I was rather shocked because, I mean, I'm decent at shooters in VR. It's one of the things that I pride myself on, uh, on on our main show where, you know, I'm the guy that does shooters. Coming into this, I thought it'd be a cakewalk level one. Saw the first robot, bam, died right off the bat. (laughs) (laughs) Because you really have to be careful with these bots because, man, one shot and you're dead. You got to go respawn. It's pretty challenging to try and find the cadence that it kind of expects out of this game. Yeah, well, and once you run to another pod and use it to revive, that pod's done. So you got three deaths, basically, or four deaths, and you're out. 
you're game over. <laughs> so whatever, whatever threat level you made it to, you're game over. You got to start over again. Uh, so the main the main the main draw to the game is that you are physically running around and playing this game because beyond that maybe you can tell me if you saw any progression but i never got a better gun i never had a different shield the shield that you pop up it's not always there you have to hold the trigger on your left controller to make your shield come up and it's time based and it's damage based so it doesn't last long so you have to really learn to time your shield your gun has unlimited ammo there's no reloading it just keeps firing forever but you're you're so worried about getting shot that the shooting and relay, that's not a problem. You're really having to play <laughs> this defensively. I think the highest I ever got was to threat level five. What about you? I got to about five, maybe gl glimpsed once into six and then died immediately. But I think five is where I consistently my progression stopped because at that point, you could really tell that it was made for multiple people working together, I think, because you started getting enemies with shields on the front. And the mm -hmm. second that you take a shot at them, they turn towards you and suddenly you can't shoot them anymore. So you either have to run around to the side and start taking off or start picking off this enemy again. Uh, but once you get a single shot off, it turns back towards you. So <laughs> I really think it was made for multiple people to try and work together to take it out. Uh, so and that brings us right about where I got in single player mode. And that brings us to the question. Did you ever get in a match with anyone else? Unfortunately, I wasn't. It, it didn't seem like the lobbies were all that populated. I tried looking for a match and I just couldn't seem to find anyone else on there. Well, here's the problem. It's you need 32 feet by 32 feet. So most of us are playing outside. You can't take a quest out in the sunlight of the day or it's not going to track. You can't take it out in the dark of night or it's not going to track. So I was out at dusk with a few <laughs> lights from my studio trying to play this. And so you imagine this is an Oculus Quest 2 exclusive. You have to have tons of space to play it. And you have to be at a certain time of day or in a certain environment. So how in the world are you ever going to find four random people online to play with? Uh, I I couldn't find one either. And I'm not surprised. Also, oh, and this is probably the hardest part. You have to have an Internet connection, obviously, to play on the <laughs> Internet. How are you going to have a 32 foot space that has Internet? I had to put my wife's phone in my pocket with an Internet hotspot on it <laughs> and connect the headset to that to do this. It's wild. As punishing as the game mode is, honestly, just finding a spot to play this in is way harder. Uh -huh. It is by far <laughs> the hardest part of the game. Yeah, well, but once you do, then you get there's five different levels. Uh, briefly, real quick, there's like a, a science lab. There's like a junkyard, a bus station, pretty much. Uh, yeah, a couple <laughs> or a space others. station. Yeah. And you very quickly realize how small 32 feet feels like when you're inside of the game, though. Like, it doesn't feel like that much room to run. You can physically see the other wall the entire time. And mm -hmm. it's it, you're suddenly like, wow, 32 feet. It took me so much work to find this space to play this game in. And now I kind of feel like the arena is not really that big. Uh, I found that interesting. What did you think about the size and the and the, the cover and everything? I was thinking right along the same lines. It's odd going through so much work to set this all up and 32 feet just feels massive when you need something that's totally barren of everything else. And then you get in there and you realize like, oh yeah, it's like, you know, half of or like a quarter of this gymnasium, you know? Mm -hmm. It's actually relatively small when you're, you know, if you did a more traditional shooting type sport like paintball or something or airsoft, 32 by 32 feet would be comically small. <laughs> um, and that's, exa that's exactly what they're throwing you into, though, is they're trying to have this entire environment be within this pretty constrained space. 
and it just feels comically small for the amount of work that it took to get it set up. <laughs> it, it does. You know what bothered me a little bit? Uh, so if you're following the podcast, we recently went to a place called Zero Latency, which is kind of like a huge warehouse where you wear backpack PCs and you can run freely in these games. And the one thing I kept thinking about the Space Pirate Arena, like, yes, I only have 32 by 32 feet. Why is there not more levels or more ramps or so? Because even one of the maps had a ladder and I was like, oh, can I climb this ladder? Because you could make this game three levels high and it would feel mm. like you had so much more space even though you'd still be using the same footprint in real life. Oh, that's that's really a good idea. And that's something that Zero Latency was able to do really well. So Zero Latency had a very similar idea. You don't move with your joysticks. If you see somewhere, you move there in real life. Uh, that's my kid crying in the background, if you can hear him. <laughs> I, I definitely can. So one thing that I kept thinking during it was, oh, this is really fun and this is really cool. But there was this nagging thought in my head that... It's cool because I'm running and I'm ducking and I'm taking cover. If I had the ability to use the joysticks to move, this would have been a game I probably wouldn't have ever played again because it was one simple gun. It was one simple mechanic and I couldn't get matches with other people. So I lost that element of like, oh, experiencing this with someone else or having this with someone new. And so it very quickly felt stale because it was like, OK, I'm just doing the same thing. I'm dying at the same level. There's no progression. <laughs> So the, it, the gimmick of being able to run and duck and hide and shoot is a great gimmick, but it runs out quickly, I fear. So I think the mode needs some more love. But honestly, which is such a shame because you can tell the from the level amount of detail that you find in some aspects of the game that there's been a ton of love and care put into this game. I mean, when I first hopped into Spate Pyre Arena, they have different like hand models and guns and shield models. I spent a good solid three minutes just admiring the detail on the hand and the gun because it's some of the most detailed I've ever seen any object in VR. It was incredibly well done and adds so much to the uh, fantasy that you're some space pirate. It has that rugged sort of dirtied up look. It was really amazing. And I wish I saw that level of polish added to the game design, mm -hmm. uh, which is a shame. And keep in mind, we, we've each only been able to play this for, I think I played maybe an hour's worth. And who knows, maybe at level 10, you suddenly get a new gun or something. <laughs> Neither of us were good enough to make it there. So we're doing our best to give you everything that we've experienced in a game that is a struggle to play is kind of the barrier right now. You have to have this zone. You have to have this lighting. It's it's a battle to play it. I want to play more, though. I honestly want to get back out there and do it. But it's like, OK, when? Because for me, I was playing in a church parking lot near where I live. So it's like, <laughs> when is an evening? I know no one's going to be coming around that parking lot and I can do just the right sunset time to play this. I, I even though there's all these barriers, I still want to play it. And so that speaks well for the fact that this this bad experience it gave me in a few areas it still seems worth playing it it definitely is an experience and and that is genuinely fun and honestly this might be a little bit of vr elitism on our part right mm -hmm. because we expect so much more out of a title such as this however i put my brother into it who has very little vr experience cares very little for vr titles in general and I had to physically rip it off of him so I could keep playing to give this a proper review just because <laughs> he loved it so much he didn't want to stop playing. And I think that adds maybe something to the title, though. Space Pirate Trainer was one of the original VR shooters, um, and it brought a lot of people into VR. It was 
uh, especially for people that have never played VR before. And maybe that's what Arena's trying to do again. Maybe it's not for seasoned veterans like us that mm-hmm. have come to expect more out of a VR title. But this offers just the level of depth Um, And you don't need to worry about motion sickness or anything because you're moving places in real life to just show people all that VR has to offer. And, you know, maybe that's the redeeming quality of it. I definitely think it's got a lot of qualities that make it a more make it more than the sum of its parts. But I I have to ask myself, what is the target audience here as far (laughs) as as far as. Who do they expect to have this space? Are they hoping this becomes an arcade game for VR arcades? Are they actually expecting anyone to have enough room to continually play this night after night? Because I I can't. I don't have enough areas around me that I can pull off. You know, if, if I lived near a football field that had big lights above it that no one used at night, I'd be out there every night playing this <laughs> game right now. The but, problem is if they tried to do it for a VR arcade, I mean, we've already done a VR arcade with this sort of gimmick, and that was zero latency. And the problem is, would I choose zero la- this over zero latency? And I think 100% no. Zero latency <laughs> did every single thing that Space Pirate Arena was able to do and better. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. I'm not entirely on board. I think that it was a fun gimmick. I'd love to hop in and try it once more with other people, but mm-hmm. I feel like once I did that, that gimmick would be over too. And I don't know if I'd pick it up again. Yeah. I I think we need to play it with some other people to give, to give it the rest of what it deserves from us to really see. But the problem is we may not have that opportunity. Uh, With the time I have to go outside and I have to do it. I don't know if I'm ever going to find people unless I coordinate (laughs) with the few people I know who have quest twos and have the space to pull this off and say, okay, literally in your same time zone. So that, you know, like I had to play it at dusk so that my house was blocking the sunlight. So the sensor (laughs) could actually pick up uh, what I was trying to do. Exactly. There, there's so many barriers to this, but I want to see it succeed because it is a really cool idea. It's just, you know, this is the first of its kind, really. So, of course, it's not going to work out super well. There's going to be kinks. So hopefully Space Pirate Arena can learn and hopefully others learn this is possible, but let's find a way to make it actually work. And I don't know what that way is because you're fighting nature, you're fighting space. The, that's not an easy battle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nature typically wins that one. Yeah. Or the sun. Yeah, you can't fight the sun. Right. <laughs> so so where does that leave us, Jay? Are we are we going to not review this game then? Or not review it? I mean, are we not going to recommend this game? Is that is that where it's leaving us? I mean, I, I think we should I think we should sink ourselves. I think we shouldn't we shouldn't let ourselves sway each other. I think we should, you know, three, two, one, give this thing a thumbs up or thumbs down as to what you think. And I think I'm ready to do that if you are. I'm ready if you are. Let's let's go for it. So on three. So one, two, three. Nay. Really? No, no, no. So so Jay, first of all, you're not on camera. This is audio only. Jay gave us a big old thumbs up, and I and I did the opposite. So really, I, thumbs up. I want to hear it. It's a thumbs up. It's a tentative thumbs up because of the barriers. But man, if you can get it working, like I think we because we just did zero latency, we're a little spoiled. This has the potential to blow anyone away at least <laughs> once. I would say most people who find the space who can actually get in a match with people are going to feel like it's worth the $25 they paid, even if they only play it that one time. So that's why it gets a yay from me. 
I, I feel a little nervous about giving the A because I feel like they're not going to get that. You know, I don't know how many times it would take me to get that match with other people, but I feel like the time I do, I'm going to have so much fun. I may never play it again, but I will always look back fondly on the time I played with those four random people and had fun with this game. And, and that is a good point. And, you know, it is also an update to the game. So by buying mm -hmm. the game, you already get the incredible Space Pirate Trainer, one of the most solid wave-based shooters out there. And the arena maybe is just an additional bonus on top of it might not be the reason you buy the game uh for someone like me but it is an incredible experience to try otherwise but i still can't in good conscience recommend the game for people that are listening in it just takes so much resources it, you have to be in the right setting you have to have a giant flat area um to play it in and you're battling sunlight if you have to do it outside like we did and Honestly, with all the hurdles in place, I don't know if I can recommend it to someone right off the bat. So yeah, I think I think this is an exciting thing that we're doing this as a yay or nay only and not giving it a score. Because I think if we'd given it scores, we both would have given it a close one. But I, my I think, score, yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> <laughs> my score was just high enough over that midpoint that I was like, OK, this is something like if another another game ever comes out in VR like this, I will have been glad that I at least experienced this one, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a, I think that's a fair point. And honestly, I loved it and hated it for, I wouldn't, hate is a strong word. I <laughs> liked it and had troubles with it in the exact same areas that you did. Yeah. Uh, but to me, those hurdles are just a little bit too big for me and good conscience, giving it a good review. <laughs> well, the question now, what happens next? So if you are here, this is the first time you've heard this episode. We have a normal podcast that happens every week full-length podcast where we talk about VR news, VR games, VR everything. What Adam and I are going to try and do, we're going to try and coordinate this. We're going to try and sync ourselves, even though we're in different time zones, and find a way to play this, if nothing else, at least together. <laughs> so after that, we're going to give you a little more in-depth on the podcast, what we thought, the difference, when we actually got to play with other people, how it changed the game, and if it swayed us either way on our yay or nay. So make sure you follow Full Dive Gaming Podcast for that. And if you want to get... Uh... And if you want to get a little bit more involved with us, feel free to hop over to our Discord. You can suggest games for us to review next and influence some of the Q&A questions on our full episodes. And we hope to see you there. Hey, everybody out there, boy, won't in, dive on in. Dive on in.